Hello and welcome to Exploring Axon, a podcast where we discuss Axon and its ecosystem. I am your host and Axonic developer advocate, Sarah Tori. So I joined the team at Axonic not too long ago, and as I'm going through my onboarding process, I'm coming across lots of fantastic and exciting new tools and technologies. And since I love to talk to people, I figured why not record my findings and share them with you. And maybe I can inspire you to learn something along the way with me on topics like domain-driven design, event sourcing, Axon framework and its server, and a lot more. So let's dive right into it. My guest today is the founder and CTO of Axonic, Allart Bowser, or as he's affectionately known amongst all of us as the Axon guy. Hey, Allart. Hey, Sarah. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me this fine evening after the kids are in bed. <laughs> we can have an uninterrupted yeah. conversation. <laughs> nice quiet time. Adult time. Adult right? time. Exactly. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, um, I want to know more about you, um, about your background. Um, what did you do before Axon? Yeah. So, how how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> uh, I, I can start. Uh, I can start at the age of six. That's where things start to get relevant. Okay. Uh, don't worry. Uh, there there will be gaps in the in the history. But uh, now, at the age of six, I got infected with the uh, computing uh, or the programming virus uh, when my parents uh, bought me my first. Uh, uh, Commodore 64, nice. and uh, not long thereafter, I started writing my first code, and uh, that sort of became a hobby throughout uh, school. Uh, of course, that was more important than school itself. Of course. And uh, but yeah, it was only a hobby. So when I um, uh, graduated, I, I went to uh, to university to study aerospace engineering wow. uh, because uh, airplanes are pretty cool, mm-hmm. and uh, programming was a hobby. Um, and I want to keep it. Wanted to keep it that way, mm-hmm. until I found out that aerospace engineering is not as much about aircraft uh, as I thought. Yeah. And I decided, why am I doing this crazy stuff? Why not just make my hobby my work? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I uh, started programming twenty four seven, and I started my uh, career at uh, at Accenture. Had a couple of uh, really nice years there. And then through my connections at uh, at SpringSource, I joined a company called JTeam, and um, that's where I joined as a, uh, a software architect and really got into the uh, uh, the pretty pretty interesting projects that we did there. Nice. And uh, that's where I basically started uh, experimenting with different architectural styles. I was already a fan of uh, DDD and started to to explore that more. I even went to, together with a colleague, we flew to New York to do a training with Eric Evans. That was for wow. really awesome, but extremely tiring days. Um, so around what year was, are we talking about here? That is 2008 Okay. that I did that, ah. uh, that training. Okay. And that really inspired me to, uh, to apply that more in, uh, in projects. Mm-hmm. And um, I, was, I was already noticing that the, the projects I was doing, they were suffering from uh, accidental complexity, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. So they they became um, more. The, the software was more complex than the actual domain that you're building it for, which is uh, which is not a, a right thing to do. So I started exploring um, other ways of doing that, and that's where I came across what is now no, uh, known as CQRS, 
um, came across a video from uh, Greg Young in uh, early 2009. Um, and um, that's, um, yeah, that, that basically started an experiment that is nowadays called Axon, uh, which is basically around uh, CQRS and, uh, and event sourcing. Awesome. And then um, I know Axon didn't come about overnight. So it was, it was a rather long process before you uh, basically created this fantastic framework. So how did you start and what kind of problem were you trying to solve? Yeah, so it, it really started in uh, in in, in two thousand and nine, two thousand and yeah, late two thousand nine, I guess is when uh, when it started, and it really started as an experiment, right? To to find out how do we apply CQRS, and and the way we did experiments back then at uh, at J Team was by um, by writing a blog, by writing some code that you then post on uh, on Google Code at the time uh, in in SVN which was pretty hip. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you write a blog about it. And, uh, and, and you, uh, we organized meetups uh, every, uh, every month, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even more often than that. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we did some talks to share knowledge uh, about, uh, about those findings. And um, that, that code on GitHub started to live its own life. And it was not called Axon yet at yeah. that point. Um, and uh, I noticed after a couple of, of weeks that hey this is this is substantial stuff right I'm not just doing an experiment I'm I have to write a whole lot of plumbing code to just get this experiment uh, going um, so I, um, I I wrote this uh, separate library or se separate repository where I started writing all this plumbing code that uh, that was independent of the actual sort of demo application that I was building. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, you have to give that repository a name. Um, and that's where the trouble starts. Right? That's, uh, that's <laughs> the biggest issue yeah, in, uh, in, in any programming <laughs> is that you create a class and what, what's the name of that yeah. class? Well, in this case, it starts with a repository. So we did a little um, um, competition in the, in the company. I said, whoever comes up with the coolest name for this, uh, this library uh, gets a bottle of... Um, what was it, Prosecco or something like that, probably. <laughs> and uh, so we had this competition, and some uh, everybody joined in, and ultimately we set on the name uh, on the name Axon. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the the person who came up with uh, with that name, I gave him the the bottle, and he gave it back, and he said, "Well, I don't like Prosecco anyway." So, <laughs> uh, so we, we drank it uh, in the in the team, all, all of us. Uh, and that was, uh, and this was in uh, 2010. So the first commit in Axon was in, uh, in, in uh, uh, the one in GitHub was in March 2010. It did start a bit earlier than that, uh, probably somewhere in January. But um, yeah, so that's uh, that's a little over 10 years ago. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. But the company Axon didn't start until what, like a few years ago. Yeah, Axonic is actually yesterday we turned uh, three. we turned three years old. Yeah, happy birthday! Yeah, so uh, we had a little birthday uh, th uh, yesterday, and um, the um, yeah. So we, it started in two thousand and seventeen because we well in in the beginning we we had zero downloads, right? Mm -hmm. There was a few interested, yeah. uh, and then you get ten or a hundred, and uh, after a few years it it went up to uh, to about five six thousand. But in 2017, it, there was this massive uplift. Uh, we really noticed that the, the number of downloads in, in 2017 went up from 
5,000 in the beginning to over 30,000 at the end of the year. And what do you think the reason was? Do you think it was because people were getting more interested in domain-driven design and event sourcing? Or was- it's, it's mainly that, um, but the, the, interested, the interest was sparked by uh, the rise of, um, of microservices mainly mm-hmm. and uh, event-driven microservices specifically. And that, that whole journey started in 2014. Um, but of course, it takes a while before the, the big crowd uh, tags on. And um, they, um, um, yeah, then, then a lot of people found us because they, they looked for, okay, how do you do event sourcing uh, in, in Java? And then uh, they found Axon. And that's how the, the downloads came. And of course, I was, uh, by, by then already, I was... Uh, tricked into doing uh, public speeches by uh, by a colleague actually the same colleague who uh, joined me in, uh, in new york for the ddd training mm-hmm. um and he said well, let's do, just do a co uh, co talk uh, together and well we did that uh, and I, I started enjoying that as well so yeah when you build this framework and you want to share knowledge that's a great way to travel the planet yeah. that was allowed back then <laughs> and um, you could um yeah, I mean, you, you visit great places. You, I went to to customers, and uh, and that was also part of why we we set to to create Axonic because we just noticed there's this growing interest, and um, already in 2017, half of the revenue that we had in our in our division was uh, projects uh, using Axon. Right, so Axon mm-hmm. was was good for half of the revenue in the in the in the company as services, uh, yeah. consultancy, if you will. So we noticed that there was uh, a lot of demand for um, not only consultancy but more importantly, um, training as well as extra products. So what's now Axon Server, we we noticed that demand in 2017. Uh, so we uh, we decided to. Uh, to, to separate out as a, as a company, which is uh, not mm-hmm. quite uncommon for, uh, for J-Team. Uh, in the yeah. past, uh, J-Team uh, was uh, part or was uh, involved in the uh, creation of SpringSource as well, or Interface right. 21, as it was, co- was called back then. Uh, but also Elastic uh, originated from, uh, from J-Team. Nice. Um, so those are, um, so th- we were used to doing that. So we, we uh, spun out another company branch called Axonic. Yeah. We focus on Axon. Yeah, we just branched out and uh, we live our own life now. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. That's really cool. So um, you talked about um, Java. So um, obviously Axon is written in Java, but um, is it only used um in, in Java, or can developers that use other languages can use it as well? Yeah, so that's it, it, there. We have to really split the uh, let's say the framework and the the server, uh, the server part that we started building. So the the framework is really a framework that uh, runs on the JVM. So yeah, strictly speaking, you can use it with <laughs> other languages as long as the languages run on JVM. Um, but the, with with the server, we we do have a vision. Of course, microservices are one of the powers of microservices is, is the fact that you can choose any language for a component where you feel it, it is mm-hmm. the best fit. Right? Some languages are better expressing one thing, and other languages are better expressing and expressing right. other things. And um, I mean, that's in in normal languages that's the case, and it's in programming languages that's mm-hmm. definitely the case. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the, the vision really is that Axon Server is independent of the actual language, and it's independent of Axon Framework, if you will, but they just work together very nicely. 
-hmm. because of course they are based on the very same uh, architectural principles like uh, like explicit messaging using commands events and queries but then which application generates those commands and events and queries we don't really care from a from an actual server perspective so we we do we will have in the in the future uh, support for other languages whether we're going to build an entire framework for those languages <laughs> well let's say it depends right awesome so um how about Spring, because I've noticed the uh, in the the framework itself, there's a lot of uh, usage of Spring framework as well. So, what's what's the relationship between the two, and can you use the framework without Spring? Yeah, so the the framework itself does not depend in any way on on Spring, but as you might have noticed in the introduction uh, about myself, there is a a pretty deep relationship with uh, with Spring. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, at some point, um, uh, yeah, I decided that you know, Spring is a wonderful framework and it really helps, especially Spring Boot, it really helps you get up to speed very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I wanted Axon to, uh, to make use of that as much as possible, but in, in a way where uh, Axon does not depend on Spring, but you can actually use it to your benefit. So you can actually mm -hmm. use the power of Spring to, uh, to very quickly build these, uh, these services. Mm -hmm. So the... Um, the, the, there is a specific uh, Spring uh, module in Axon that gives you basically all the the building blocks uh, in a in a Spring way, so that you can. Uh, there, the, it includes auto configuration. Uh, so basically, if you have Spring Boot and you uh, you include the Axon auto configuration uh, dependency or the the Spring Boot starter for for Axon, yeah, then it will detect all these these aggregates for you and it will generate all the plumbing around it for you mm -hmm. and. Since that's so convenient, that's why you see that all the time, right? Yeah. Both in, yeah. in in our own demos, of course, but also in uh, in, in clients. Uh, but if you um, in in Axon, and especially in Axon Four, we we spent a lot of uh, time um, getting it um, nice. Mm -hmm. Is the what we call the configuration API, and it is a very vanilla way to uh, to mm -hmm. get started. So. Basically, we are not tied to any application framework, but yeah. it is just very convenient. It just uh, makes your life a little bit easier. And, and actually, there's a nice story about the Spring Boot Starter. Yeah. Because at some point, um, uh, Josh Long wanted to do a little webinar with me. And uh, while preparing that webinar, uh, he said, OK, let's, let's do some live coding. And this was in Axon uh, 2 or maybe 3 early days. But And I said, yeah, but if we do live coding, we have to do all the plumbing, right? We have to to set up the event store and, and do everything. And he said, why? He said, well, there's a lot of components that you need. He said, but let's build a starter for that. So we opened up our IDE and while he was in, in uh, he was at home and, and so was I, uh, well, that is not really close. So we did a pair programming session uh, over uh, probably uh, Meet or Hangouts or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we, we just together, we built that uh, that very first version of the uh, Spring Boot uh, auto configuration uh, module. Uh, so um, yeah, he, he made me put his name on some some classes as, uh, as the author. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. so, uh, so if you hear this, Josh, thanks, man. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thanks for that little push. We needed it. <laughs> That's awesome. Fantastic, yeah. So um, we talked about framework um, a little bit in my, um, I think, the 
the very first few days where I started at Laxonic and um, there was a lot of mentions about um, applications that use uh, a lot of computing, um, just like things that have to do with um, numbers, <laughs> you know, like being an accountant, because a lot of the, you know, the microservices kind the of financials, yeah. comes from that finances and banking and things like that. Um, but then we do other examples when we do trainings, like, you know, gift cards and hotel reservations and things like that. Um, could you give me some other examples of what Axon framework can be used for other businesses? Like something that maybe doesn't have so much to do with financing. Yeah, that, so that that's an interesting uh, uh, thing because if, if you go back in, in in time to the very beginning, right? And if you ask me, okay, what kind of use case is this for? I would say, well, this is a a framework that addresses an issue that exists in a very niche part, mm-hmm. right? It is a, it is a so yeah, financials. Period. Yeah. Right. End end of story. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have said. But throughout the years, I came across some amazing. Uh, applications where I literally never expected Axon or event sourcing for that matter in in general to be suitable. And actually it starts with the very first known project using Axon in production. And it was used in, so I was not the first to deploy Axon in production. And uh, so, uh, to uh, some uh, some French, a small French startup uh, now um, uh, it, it has been acquired by a very large uh, medical cor- mm-hmm. uh, company. But they were a medical startup, and they built software that tracked the tools used in dental surgery. Huh. And they used okay. Axon for that, um, or or they used the experiment that was later called Axon, to mm. be precise. Yeah. Um, and as far as I know, nobody died, but the, um, or nobody died because of a bug in Axon at least. So th- that was the first one. And, um, and then we, we, we got, um, I, I remember doing some consultancy at a, uh, a company in, um, in Seattle, Washington that, uh, did, um, uh, customs, uh, declarations for, uh, for their, uh, expedition, uh, right. For, for, um, freight. Yeah. And they, they needed to track everything that happened uh, to those uh, customs forms so mm-hmm. they could track all the changes. And, uh, and they say, well, uh, these, uh, these truck drivers, or, uh, in some cases, uh, ships, when they arrive, they need to pass in, uh, all the, all these customs declarations and, and very often digital, but sometimes also physical, and they never have it, right? Yeah. So it's never up to date, and there's always something missing. So they wanted to have that in a digital way, but they also wanted to trace exactly what happened to these registrations and when data was added, when was it added, by whom, etc. Uh, so that was definitely an example I wouldn't think of. And another one that I think is particularly cool is um, in Europe, there is a region of airspace that is being controlled by an Axon-based application. Okay. Um, it's probably not under heavy load at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but um, basically what they do is they gather all sorts of data uh, from from different radar systems uh-huh. and, and, and ground systems, and they combine everything and then give the uh, air traffic control a, a global view of, of the current uh, state. And they use event sourcing for that, so they know uh, exactly which decisions are how how the data has been uh, manipulated uh, in in the past, and uh, 
to uh, to learn from that and have have a trace. Um, and yeah, if you would ask me, you know, is it is it useful for air traffic control? I would have definitely said no, <laughs> but it makes perfect sense. That's really fascinating. Um, yeah. So there's and there's loads of these uh, these stories uh, that that pop up every now and then, and it's uh, and, you and that's the, the really cool. Yeah. That, that's a really cool part of uh, open source software, right? You don't. People can just grab it. They can take it and do whatever cool stuff they they want, and uh, and it's that just that is already an amazing uh, amazing to see. And just knowing that you're basically part of so many systems in uh, out in the world that's uh, that's amazing. And I think you had one about like a small bakery that used Axon as well, which was which was pretty fascinating when they were tracking their orders and so forth. So that was that was neat, I guess. Yeah, right yeah, there's those, and uh, yeah. th that reminded uh, me of an um, uh, a small uh, regional application. There's this uh, regional not-for-profit organization mm -hmm. in uh, in northern Italy that uses uh, that created a recipe system. Huh. So I got these questions on the mailing list, and like, okay, for recipes, and like, what, wh why, what are you creating a recipe book or something? I don't know, but yeah. And uh, so I asked them, you know, hey, what, what? Just curiosity. What? What are you building? And it's well, we, we track recipes, but for um, let's say home bakeries as mm -hmm. well, or, or um, um, anyone who creates something at home. And by registering the the recipes and defining how how you use these uh, these ingredients by registering the ingredients, mm -hmm. they give you the nutritional values because by law you have to put the nutritional values yes. on the on your labels. Yes. But how the hell do you know those? I know. So the they use this application to track, and because well, when you when you're experimenting, you're like, okay, let's put an extra tomato in there. Well, what's the effect of an extra tomato, right? Uh, okay, well, if you um, and then you want to go back in time and say, okay, how does that compare to my previous recipe? Mm -hmm. Is this one healthier than the previous one, etc. So, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's, really that, that's cool. not a use case where, that I could anticipate as a useful use case for Axon. That's really cool. I wish I'd known that. I had this um, little small bakery that I ran out of my little apartment in, in Northern California years ago. And uh, they did have that requirement. By law, you had to put the nutritional value on, on the packages. And that was one of those things. That I was like, how am I going to get this going? And, you know, back then you had to send it to, uh, gosh, I can't remember if it was like a health department or a branch of the health department where um, they actually helped you with the nutritional value. But yeah, this this would have been so much easier to use. It would have made my life so much easier. Hey, you just had to move to Northern Italy then, I guess, uh, to, uh, to get it done. Right? Exactly. Hey, that would be my next move. I, I don't I don't think so. I just I just had a big move. I think I want to stay for a while. You're going to stay put for a little while? I'm going to stay put for a little while. <laughs> I, I've decided my moves are going to be like 19 years apart. I did one 19-year session in one country, another in another country. Now this would be my third one. So we'll, we'll see what we can do here in Germany. Awesome. So um, any other? I'm 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 just so fascinated by Axon in general, and um, you know the the use cases that you 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 told me are just really cool. And you know, of course, you guys mentioned open source, uh, just brings this whole um, sort of field for everybody to experiment and, and use it. And just, it's really, really cool. Um, 
yeah so i guess i guess it's not just for large companies and enterprises you can use it for for anything and yeah, even, yeah there's, a, there's a lot of large large financial institutions like banks and yeah. we see it a lot in uh in in um in pension and insurance and yeah, that kind of, of stuff um and uh, of course they all have their um they're fascinating aspects, but mm -hmm. those are the ones that where I, I expect it to be useful, right? Because they have very clear auditing requirements. Yeah, sure. But what I was really surprised to see is how many organizations realize the value of not just using events, right? So mm -hmm. there's a there's a substantial difference between event sourcing and event streaming. Right. Event streaming being very popular uh, at the moment, but event sourcing, I would say, is like the a notch up from from event streaming mm -hmm. and and it, it is where you you make sure that the the data you gather is 100% correct mm -hmm. right is 100% reliable and and i know that is 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 important when uh when you're uh when you've got auditing requirements right where yeah. there's a a uh, an agency or whatever that can check you every time uh randomly or and and you need to be able to show uh, how you've made your decisions, mm -hmm. but that is not always the case. And I, I find more and more use cases where that is clearly not the case, but organizations do it because they see the value of those events mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, they want to be able to use the events in the future, but you can only really do that when you, when you have this guarantee that they're correct, right? Yeah. If you, well, if you store garbage for a while, it's going to smell. <laughs> So you want to make sure it's 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 correct and it's it's the the proper um, uh, data that you're storing, and it, it really becomes a source of truth from which you can gather a lot of uh, a lot of information, mm -hmm. uh, and that's uh, it's it's amazing to see how more and more uh, different types of organizations are uh, are realizing that, and uh, and find well find Axon to to help them. Uh, do that in a very easy way, right? We want to make that event sourcing as as easy as as it can possibly be, mm -hmm. so that anybody can use it. There's no uh, no excuse anymore saying event sourcing is too complex. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's uh, and it's a scalable, which is nice because you can you can start with whatever size application you want and just scale it from there. It just makes it that much easier. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the. That's the, uh, the the explicit messaging part, and that's that's important that you touch that because the when when we think about event sourcing or an event driven architecture in in general, we 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 talk about events, right. uh, events left, events right, events yeah. everywhere. Um, but the thing we forget, and that is so important, um, is it is not just about events. Mm -hmm. Right, an event driven architecture is. It is actually not driven by events. It is driven by messages of which events take a special, uh, a special place. But they, we always say the commands and the queries are just as important. Exactly. Um, and um, and but but still in Axon these are explicit messages that you send, and what you get uh, what you get uh, in return for using those explicit messages is what we like to call location transparency, which mm -hmm. means it doesn't matter how your uh, components, I like to call them components, how they're organized. Are they organized in a single monolith that you deploy as a, you know, a, a, do you do a bi-yearly deployment of, of your monolith? <laughs> giant That's thing, great, yeah. right? Um, let's, let's deploy the giant. It's that time of year again. 
or or do you have these really small independently deployed components and you you've got your microservices and it it doesn't matter for axon it will um especially together with axon server it will just magically quote unquote yeah. uh, route it to the correct destinations and there's no there's no thinking about it anymore mm -hmm. it just it, it it should just work and that's the uh that's the I would say the power of this location uh, transparency that we uh, uh, really focus on. Yeah. And I really and want to, really yeah. Cool. And I really want to delve into some of the details, but um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll leave it for the next session so that we can we can touch some of the more um, uh, detailed, really neat part of the parts of the framework um, a little bit more. But um, so you briefly touched on Axon Server. I'm kind of curious to know why you started that and what can we use it it's independent of a language which is which is fantastic which means a lot of other people can use it as well so can you kind of walk me through the server itself yeah so the why we started it that that journey basically started uh, at the birth of axonic right mm -hmm. and um we um we were asking users of axon like hey why why are you using axon uh, what is your uh, what was your main reason to choose it and and what are you missing right what are you looking for that you can currently not find in axon and uh well why are you using it we talked about that you know these these mm -hmm. different array of use cases that we've uh, we've seen but almost all of these use cases were primary systems right they were systems essential to the business um and then the question, what are you missing? Well, people were missing two things. Uh, one is an event store that would keep performing, even if you add, uh, if you store a lot of data. So yes. Axon Framework comes with an embedded event store, as we call it, yeah. and it allows you to store information in a relation or events in a relational database or in, in Mongo. We have a Mongo uh, implementation as well. Mm -hmm. But a relational database is not particularly good at append-only data. Right. It will slow down when tables grow larger. Okay. It slows down. Mm -hmm. But if you're a startup and and you're you're growing, you don't want things to slow down. You want them to speed up. Right. Uh, so some of our early uh, early users spent uh, an enormous amount of effort in optimizing the database to just make it work. Mm -hmm. So that was one issue. And and the other issue was the the messaging part. Right. The um, so there was a distributed command bus that would use. Um, uh, Spring Cloud Discovery or uh, or J Groups. We had a J Groups implementation as mm -hmm. well, and then you could dynamically distribute uh, commands, and that worked great. Uh, except that J Groups in some cloud environments is really hard to configure. Uh, when you use Spring Cloud Discovery, it has some challenges with the the discovery mechanism underneath that can take uh, a couple of seconds and uh, even up to a minute sometimes to discover wow. new nodes joining. Right, yeah. so. And it, and it was a lot of configuration hell, I would say, right? You had to make sure everything connected, right? The ankle bone connected to the leg bone, et cetera, et cetera. And you had to connect everything yourself. Hmm. So that was that was tricky. And and these organizations said, well, this is not primary to the system, right? This is not core to the system. It, it is a requirement. It is an unfunctional. But if you have something for that, that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when we set out to to uh, to build Axon Server. Um, so when we spun out the uh, the company, Axon Server was going to be the uh, the flagship uh, product. Uh, we launched it in uh, in 2018, mm -hmm. and um, 
the the uh, there's an open source version uh, which is um, which was my say, next a commercial question. open source yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, version, but at yeah. least the the source code is visible. It's not completely free as in free speech, sure. but at least it's free to use and you can you can check the source it. code. Yeah. And the main reason for that is we don't want any form of vendor lock-in. We don't mm -hmm. want you to become a customer and then stay as a customer because you can't get rid of us, yeah. but we want you to stay as a customer because you don't want to get rid of us. Exactly. Um, so there's a lock-in, but it's a soft lock-in. We just hug you. <laughs> um, and um, the... the um, so that's why it's it's open source, and then there's the enterprise version, which is uh, closed source, and we have subscriptions, and yeah. uh, where you uh, you're entitled to to use that one. But even with this uh, open source that uh, we have, both of the framework and the server, we um, I've noticed that a lot of the developers are really involved in the community. So if um, users are having problems, asking questions, and things like that, we're very much involved with the community. So it's it's one of those perks that I really like about Axon because you have that community. We have a Google group where people ask questions and they get answers and it's pretty neat to see that. So that's one of the things I really, really like about our uh, community as well. Awesome. Well, uh, I think uh, this is a good place to, to sort of wrap it up for, for today. I do have a million other questions to ask. But <laughs> I, I was afraid you did. <laughs> I think I will. Uh, I will kind of uh, uh, put them in, in in little smaller sections to tackle. So maybe next time I can uh, delve a little bit more into uh, depth with uh, event sourcing itself and uh, messaging and uh, uh, little more specific parts of the framework. But I really appreciate it. Sure. This was really great. I I love knowing backstories and sort of uh, finding out how it all came about because I think it's important to know the history when you're using a uh, whatever product you're using. I, I care about the human side of it. I think it's really cool. So thank All right. you for your Sounds time. Sounds good. Awesome. Yeah, thank you Talk too. Talk to you later. Yeah. All right, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening and please join me next time as I explore the specifics of the Axon framework. Until then, have a great time and happy coding.